ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and everybody in between. Welcome to another episode of the Jake Botel Sports Experience, our second Formula N episode this week. Formula One with the Johnny Larkin. Um, we had to come back and hit the, the Zoom studio again, Johnny, because chaos erupted no sooner than we had started recording F1 themed episodes then a bizarre story comes out. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll set, the, set the table for us and sort of the, the nuts and bolts of the timeline. So Sebastian Vettel announces his, re his retirement from Aston Martin. Um, in the wake of that, Aston Martin sort of respond by signing Fernando Alonso from Alpine uh, to a multi-year deal Starting in 2023, Alonso had returned um, to F1 racing in 2021 after two years out. So now Alpine have uh, have a, a seat vacant in 2023. Alpine released a statement saying that Australian F1 driver, or he's not an F1 driver, he's a reserve driver at the minute, um, Oscar Piastri. Um, will race for them in 2023. I was just seeing if I could find the the tweet from Alpine saying, you know, basically, you know, we're excited. Um, here it is. So uh, this is on Alpine's Twitter. 2023 driver lineup confirmed. Esteban Ocon, hopefully I've said that right. Oscar Piastri, uh, after four years as part of the Renault and Alpine family, reserve driver Oscar Piastri is promoted to a race seat alongside Esteban Akun starting from 2023. Now, that all seems great. You were excited on the last episode. Great. Yeah, you were excited on the last episode saying, you know. I thought it was going to be a pretty smooth transition as I think most of the F1 paddock would have thought it was pretty smooth. But the... um. The odd thing about the announcement by Alpine was that whenever a team announces a driver, they have a quote from the driver expressing how, you know, they're excited to either remain signed on to this team or get a contract, the first contract going, you know, this is what they hope to achieve, and one from president and sometimes even a team owner. None of that was on in their um and the Twitter announcement or the press release or whatever it was. Yeah. So there was uh, well, I didn't see it first up because it was four o'clock in the I think two o'clock in the morning Australian time that the it was released by Alpine. Yeah. And, and that's and I think it was five o'clock over in Europe. Yeah. So that's yeah. interesting time to announce it. And then of course we did get a quote. Um, from Oscar Piastri, um, who put out on Twitter, I understand that without my agreement, Alpine F1 have put out a press release late this afternoon that I am driving for them next year. This is wrong, and I have not signed a contract with Alpine for 2023. I will not be driving for Alpine next year. So we did get the quote, but it wasn't how excited he is to drive for them. It's, I'm not driving for them. What are your thoughts on all this? This seems like insanity. It is insanity. It's basically thrown the entire driver lineup for many teams wide open. It's, I don't know what's going to happen. It's bizarre. It's crazy. It's crazy to think that Alpine 
done this without his permission or agreement. And there is rumours saying that Oscar Perastri's current um, contract did end on the 31st of July, which would have been, what, a Sunday? Sure. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's crazy. I, I don't know what to think. Um, there's rumours he's going to be at McLaren and Ricardo's going to be at Alpine. Alpine, not Alpine. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's thrown a spanner into the works and who knows what's going to happen. It's, yeah, it's, it's going to be a crazy off-season for sure. It's interesting because, as you said, like there's seems to be a lot of sort of rumor and that sort of thing. You would you would think like because Alpine have said um, they're sort of standing by their statement. Um, yeah. You know that that um, that he is contracted to them, um, and and that he will race for them. He is obviously against it. So it sounds like where you know it'll be headed for some sort of I don't know. Um, mediation arbitration whatever you want to like there's got to be some yeah. sort of resolution to this but you would think that this would be such a clear thing like either there was a contract signed or it's not if the contract is signed has been signed what are the details like it it it's not like some really you know um philosophical thing either there's a contract or there's no. not but I, I guess more broadly johnny let's discuss to, I'll throw to you to discuss because you know way more than me. I'm really just um, a host teeing you up to talk about the sport you love. Just the figures involved. So first of all, let's start with Sebastian Vettel retiring from Aston Martin. Um, I think I'd read that his last sort of F1 championship was back in 2013 um, and was obviously very successful. Wiki's Wikipedia has him listed as having won the four championships, 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013. Like, yep. it, uh, like, how big a hole does this leave for you as an F1 fan in the lineup? What sort of legacy does Vettel leave for you as a fan? Um, yeah, it leaves a fairly sizable chunk. He's always been a pretty light figure on the F1 track, I think, especially as he's... Career has gotten on in its days. Um, mm. I think first, I guys sort of got into it more into it in 2014, so just after he'd won all his yeah. championships. Yeah. I think it was a bit of a maligned figure back then, especially amongst Australian fans. Yeah. So I didn't have the best yeah. best idea of him when I first started watching, but you know, as time went on, he got you know more likable, and I thought he conducted himself a lot better as well. And he seemed to care a lot about the teams that he's driving for, younger drivers, the fans. And now, obviously, he's really big into climate change. And I don't think it's a big surprise to anyone that's really followed F1 closely and Sebastian Vettel because he's always saying how important um, climate control issues are. And he's always felt pretty conflicted driving an F1 car but also battling saying that, you know, we need to stand up and fight climate change. So I think he had to make his choice. He made the right choice for him. Definitely seems like he's pretty happy with how he's going to end his career. And, you know, he's had a very successful career. I don't think he can say he's got any regrets. And what he's done for Aston Martin has helped them out a lot. They've definitely become pretty competitive in the last few couple of years since he's been there. So. Yeah, I think he's going to leave a good, 
sizable chunk in the um the old F1 read and off the paddock as well. And you know, he's always having a laugh, having a good time with most drivers out there. So, you know, all the best to him, but time to move on. And now they've got Alonso in their seat at Aston Martin. So I think that they've played it very well, Aston Martin. They're another team that's seen an opportunity, seen that maybe Alonso wasn't super happy at Alpine and obviously they've they've got the money to offer big big monies mm. Alonso and they know that he's got a wealth of experience. He helped try to help McLaren in their struggling days to get back to where they are now. That he also helped um Alpine get really competitive. And now he's probably gonna do the same at Aston Martin, you know, continuing on the good work that Vettel's done. So I think I think Aston Martin's played the cards very well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it seems like you know, a good move from from their point of view, and I'm sure in the the statements and stuff that came out. And unlike the Alpine statement about um, Oscar Piastri, you know, the Aston Martin statements that came out did have exactly what you were talking about. Um, statement from the driver. Um, uh, you know, uh, this quote off the F1 website. This Aston Martin team is clearly applying the energy and commitment to win, and it is therefore one of the most exciting teams in Formula One today. Formula Earn said Alonso. Um, so he went on. Yeah, he had a lot of stuff to say. Um, owner Lan- uh, Lawrence Stroll said, "I have known and admired Fernando for many years, and it has always been clear that he is a committed winner like me." I have set out to bring together the best people and develop the right resources and organization to succeed in this highly competitive sport. Those plans are now taking shape at Silverstone. Um, how do you think it makes a big impact in terms of the, the, the lineup or, or the, I suppose the, the tiers of dominance within the sport? Like, is this a movement that for Aston Martin can sort of propel them to more, you know, success on the track sort of thing, you know, can this move put them, you know, in more direct competition with the teams above them? Definitely. Definitely. Alonso's got a unique ability to be able to get the most out of cars. I mean, even with the Alpine, he's always been up in the top five in qualifying or close to the top five, always in the top 10, always, giving a lot of other drivers big headaches, especially when it comes to passing him. He doesn't let other teams get past him that easily. And also on, on attack, he's really, really confident in his own ability. It just seems like one of those guys that no matter where he's racing or what team he's racing for, he's just going out there to have a good time, have some fun, make people's other people's days pretty miserable if they get stuck behind him. And he just doesn't really care about other drivers on the racetrack, you know, he's not going to out there to make people crash or whatnot. It's just about making them frustrated that they can't get past him and then let yeah. them make mistakes. And it's yeah, just a very highly skilled, highly knowledgeable driver who's been in a, he's a, maybe he's the record holder now for the most laps and or track uh, races now. So, yeah, he's got a wealth of experience and he's only going to do good things for Aston Martin and hopefully Lance Strong. 
Yeah, well, and um, I, I think the thing too, you look at, you know, like he's 41 years old too now, Fernando Alonso. So obviously brings like a lot of experience, which if, you know, and I said that I'm a, I'm a relative outsider to the sport, but it seems like, you know, at least from the statements from the owner and that sort of thing that, you know, they're really trying to make a push to do more, to do better. And what better way than to, to get more experience, like in, you know, I suppose you're replacing experience with experience with Vettel yep. going and Alonso coming in. Just to finish up then, I suppose the other figure that we really need to talk about is Oscar Piastri. Now, your, your eyes lit up when you were telling me the breaking news um, on the last yes. episode. Um, this guy is obviously a serious talent, 23 years old, I believe. He was, he's was he gone um, Formula Renault Euro Cup champion 2019. He was the Formula 3 champion 2020, the Formula 2 champion 2021. Um, why why should we be excited about Oscar Piastri outside of the, all those championships? <laughs> all those championships. Well, as I said, the other bodies that only, if he gets the car next year, he'll be the only driver out of the 20, 20 that are on there, apart from Russell and Leclerc, who have also won every championship in their first junior year. So Russell and, sorry. Leclerc both pretty sure won the Euro Cup, F2 and F3 championships themselves. If not, it was just F2 and F3s. So he's, and you know, Russell and Leclerc are both driving Ferrari and Mercedes and doing pretty good stuff when the teams aren't screwing them over or they're not (laughs) stuffing themselves. So he's got the talent. He's definitely got the talent. He's got the skills. Um, He's he's yeah, it's been pretty dominant in all those forms. So, you know, he's really exciting talent and Australian as well. It's always good to see a young Australian driver on there. I think he's probably going to be possibly better than Daniel Ricciardo. Um, he's always definitely won a bit more than Ricciardo. Ricciardo was obviously a really good driver, but I think Piastri could go that next step that Ricciardo couldn't go. And, you know, Hopefully we get to see both of them on the track together and racing against each other and, you know, winning races, all that stuff. So it's really exciting and I think it's going to bring more Australians to the sport just to watch him and see what he can do. And, you know, he's a Mel- Melbourne-based driver. So when Australian Grand Prix comes around next year and they see a Melbourne driver on there, I think that's going to be an extra level of excitement for the city as well because... You know, Ricardo's from Western Australia, so he doesn't get a gets a home race, but it's wrong side of Australia. So yeah, Astri's yeah. gonna have that real big home advantage, cheering him on, getting around him. So yeah, it's just a really exciting time for F1 in Australia, and I think F1 in general is it's always good to see the best drivers get the opportunity to show show their wares, and he's definitely the best driver in the rookies of last year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, just saw a little statement from Alpine boss. Let goodness me. Let's see if I can pr- pronounce this name. Alpine team principal Otmar Safanauer. Safanauer. Oh, o- we got there. Otmar Safanauer. We got there. 
um, says he's open to a Daniel Ricciardo return amid the uncertainty surrounding the Australian's future. This from uh, Wide World's uh, Nine Wide World of Sports um, article released an hour awkward. ago. Awkward for Ricciardo because he left <laughs> Renault back in the day, who's now Alpine, Alpine, to go to McLaren. And he's still got a contract at McLaren, who's he said he's committed to to see the end of his contract. So McLaren can't. As McLaren made a deal, his contract with Ricardo McLaren is McLaren can't just move him on. Ricardo's got to make that choice there. So he said he's committed to McLaren. But it will also be Mark Webber's doing stuff between McLaren and Ricardo at the Astri. Mm. So who knows? It's a uh, watch this spot, see what happens, because, you know, you've got to get Ricardo to go, yep, I'll move to Alpine for, for Astrid to go to McLaren. McLaren can't make Ricardo go there. Ricardo's got to make that, up, make that choice himself and be okay with that choice. Or he leaves the team and they have to pay him out, which would be a lot of money. Mm. So it's an intense. It's going to be a really exciting next few weeks. As all this unfolds and all this happens, and then the off season is going to be crazy. Unless it's all resolved by the off season, it might be a bit calmer. But still, it's it's all up in the air at the moment. If the, if there's one thing I think we learn from following all these sports, it's that wealthy sports teams inevitably find a way to get the man they want, and it all works out in the end. So it'll be interesting to see um, how it all unfolds. It all unfold. Either way, I'll be shocked if the Astri's not on the F1 grid. I'll be pretty disappointed if he's not. But I think he definitely, he definitely will be. Well, Johnny, he's got the talent. Let's see if he's got the contract. All right. Thanks, Johnny, for jumping on. Until right, next you. time. Thanks so much for listening, guys. You've been great. We've been reasonable. It's the JBSE. Thanks for listening.